Everyone has a story, but not everyone is a storyteller. Welcome. You're listening to Otherwise, Wisdom from the Other, a variety podcast dedicated to empowering diverse communities of Maine Treaty 6 territory by sharing stories of their lived experiences. Otherwise is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Hello, my name is Jenna Mulji, and on today's episode, we have Jacqueline Karathra and Samantha Aaron Given here with us to have a discussion about some of the diverse styles of dance in Edmonton and the implications of cultural appropriation. Um, yes, yeah, so you can just go ahead and introduce yourselves. Um, so my name is Jacqueline Karathra. I'm a second-year medical student studying here at the U of A. Um, I've been dancing Bharatanatyam, which is an Indian classical style of dance for the past 13 years, I'd say. Um, so it's taken a lot of training and lots of performances to get to where I am today, but it's been a lot of fun and I've really enjoyed um, the time I've spent doing it. So, yeah. um, my name's Samantha. Um, I'm from Edmonton, but my family's from Lac La Biche. Um, I just graduated from a Bachelor of Science in Biology from the University of Alberta, and I'm just looking for work, and I'm, I'm applying to med school this year, so we'll see how that goes. Um, so I've been dancing for most of my life, uh, just a variety of different styles, you know, the typical like tap dancing, ballet, and lyrical. But in the past two and a half years, I've really been quite dedicated to two styles of dance, which are Métis jigging and a type of power dance called jingle dancing. And they're both really like culturally important dances and they take a lot to spiritually do. But the nice part about dancing is that it helps with like perpetuating my culture, especially in the city where a lot of people like they don't live on the reserve, they don't live on their settlement. So it's like, we have to sort of maintain this culture for ourselves here, but yeah. Did you find that when you started dancing, um, that was the reason why you started dancing? Was it to like hold on to your culture or was it more of like exercise? Like what was your original reason yeah. for starting? So um, the way that I started jigging is um, one of my best friends, she found out that one of our other friends was teaching the jigging class at McEwen University. And jigging is something that I've known about my whole life. Like. My mom's dad was a jigger, but I never met him because he passed away when I was young. And it's a huge part of, I guess, Métis communities. Um, but I started it because I just wanted something to do. Like I wanted to be able to hang out with my friends and just try something out for my culture. It's, you know, there's a lot of variety in Métis culture because it's a blend of like First Nation culture and some more like Western and European cultures. Um, so it was just something I wanted to try and I wanted my family to try it too, so I brought my sister along, and I brought my mom along, and one of my baby sisters along too. Um, it wasn't so much for the exercise, but it's become exercise now, you know, like now that I'm more dedicated to it, and I do more workshops, and you know, I do it every week, instead yeah. of like once in a while, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. But what about you, like, what got you into it? Uh, so for me, um, Brother Night Game Dance is like, it's very much ingrained into the culture, um, so like, most I'd say like not most but like a lot of a lot of the girls in uh, Indian culture will tend to be to like dabble in Bharatanatyam at some point mm -hmm. in their lives um, so similar for me so my parents kind of put me into Bharatanatyam dancing so I could like get my exercise as a kid because I wasn't into sports so dance mm -hmm. was something that I could take <laughs> um, and initially it started off as that and just because everyone else was doing it I would do it too 
Um, but then it grew into something more where like I really enjoyed this mm-hmm. and I was like learning so much about my culture. I was surrounded by people who were teaching me and surrounded by people who I were like I could like share similarities with. Um, and then the dance itself was so beautiful and so intricate that like I realized I could spend so long learning it and mm-hmm. still not not even like scratch the surface of mm-hmm. what it had to offer. Um, so that's what's like kept me going over the past couple of years really uh, is just like trying to like discover more and more mm-hmm. about what else I can learn from it and how else I can like perfect my technique yeah. um, to just become a better Brazilian dancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you think that this is something you'll be doing for the rest of your life? Absolutely. I think like now I'm 13 years in, like, I have to continue. Yeah. I, ha- I have to kind of finish what I've started. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and the thing with Bharatanatyam dance, it's very much um, an oral tradition. It's not, there's not too much that's passed down like, like in a textbook or like written. It's everything is passed down through like teacher to student, teacher to student. And that's how it just like cyclically goes down through mm-hmm. generations. Yeah. Um, so once I learn, there's, there's kind of this understanding as you're a student, is it's your duty to pass off that art to the mm-hmm. next generation. So for me, there is this like unsaid understanding that I do need to pass off mm-hmm. what I've learned to the students that I currently yeah. teach. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's really cool because a lot of that is actually reflected, I'd say, in well, both of the styles of dance that I do, but I'll talk quickly about jingle dancing because that's something too that you actually, the way that I got into it is I had a dream. And you're supposed to have something called the medicine dream, which means you see yourself dancing in a jingle dress. You see what colors it is, and you're supposed to remake that. It's called regalia, what mm-hmm. we wear, our outfits. You're supposed to remake that after you've woken up from this dream. So I did have a dream. I couldn't recall the colors or what the dress looked like, but I knew I was supposed to dance. And so the interesting thing about jingle dancing is you learn it from others in the community. You either learn it from some of your, your own age, or you learn it from elders. And it kind of goes on that way. There's no like formal dancing schools. Yeah. There's no um, like textbooks or instructions. It's mostly you, you learn by watching and you learn by verbal instruction. And you're supposed to like do that for the future generations. So it's really interesting that there's that parallel. It almost kind of like makes me think of the more spiritual aspects of dance. Mm-hmm. That kind of exists that it's, you almost can't talk about it. But it's something that happens between the people who are teaching each other. There's like that cultural transmission that goes on that's like unsaid, mm-hmm. but it's just a way to like strengthen your relationship with other people in your community. And yeah. that's something that I really love about powwow dancing is because when you get together in these big powwows, you see all the different styles. Sometimes there's maybe 10 different styles of dancing, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't know all the intricates of, intricacies of them because you weren't given that dance style, mm-hmm. but you can still appreciate it and love it and want that for that person. So like, for example, jingle dancing is a healing dance. So it's actually a newer style. Um, the older style, which was women's traditional, has been here for thousands of years, but jingle dancing has come maybe in the last 100, 100 years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so it started with uh, an Anishinaabeg woman. Um, she was actually a young girl at the time, and she was very sick. And her father, who some say he was a medicine man, so if you knew about medicines and knew about healing, or some say he was a chief, um, he had a dream, he had a medicine dream. Of He saw his daughter wearing this dress with these combs on them made out of tobacco lids. But other stories say that was that it started with shells, right? So, um, and that she danced four times in this dress and was healed. Mm-hmm. And so basically he woke up and he made this dress 
and his daughter danced four times and each time she got stronger and each time she got better and by the end she was healed. So that's why jingle dress is such an important part of our culture is because it's for healing. So I've been asked before to dance for my sick family members and that's often like a big honor. So every time you step into your your powwow outfit, into your jingle dress, your regalia, your beadwork, you're taking that with you. So it kind of just reminds me of what you were saying about like that, how there's like almost an unwritten rule that it's something that you, you do for your community and that you pass on. And I really love hearing about that. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow, that's a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. That's awesome. Have you ever taught like, I guess it's different when the dance is um, sort of takes years and years to perfect and it's more technical, but have you ever done anything like taught a workshop or done performances for classrooms and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. So we've definitely done lots of like, they're called lecture demonstrations mm-hmm. where there's a little bit uh, of an explanation of the history behind the art form mm-hmm. and then just like basic intro to Bradenartium just to give people a taste of what it's all about because mm-hmm. a lot of people when they hear like Indian classical dance people tend to think of like Bollywood dancing yeah. um, and Bollywood dancing is like separate it's a different style of dance mm-hmm. whereas Bradenartium dance is a lot more codified it's a lot there's a lot more um structure to it mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of people like aren't exposed to that style of dance even though mm-hmm. that's the more technical form of dancing mm-hmm. in India that people do um, whereas Bollywood is like more fun it's more shown in the media so more yeah. people are familiar with Bollywood dancing which yeah. is fine and I guess like when when we're giving these workshops and lecture demonstrations and try to focus a lot more on um, educating people on like where the style of dance came mm-hmm. from so um, Bharatanatyam, it originated kind of as a temple dance. So in India, like what, like centuries ago, um, in all of these like extravagant temples, they would have like their kings and queens, and they needed a form of entertainment. So the, you would have temple dancers who would come and perform this specific style of dance as a form of entertainment for um, the people in the court. So it started off as that, and then these court dancers would make their own... Um, schools kind of they have their schools of dance and they would teach uh, other students to kind of perpetuate this uh, this community that they've built and perpetuate that dance to like continue on for like different generations of kings and queens um, so that's how it started uh, it was those temple dancers and now it's just evolved into this like massive dance community in India that has also like spread out uh, in the world so we we try to teach that in our workshops mm-hmm. and then also like show show them like what how they could start and like what are some basic steps yeah. um, that characterize a dance. That sounds really amazing. Yeah. This episode of Otherwise is brought to you by the Edmonton Community Foundation, where the award-winning Well-Endowed podcast is produced. On episode 34 of the Well-Endowed podcast, hear Trevor Phillips share his thoughts on integration and why it is important to have conversations about race. We love this podcast because it highlights the incredible work of Edmontonians and shares life-changing stories and passions from a diverse array of individuals. You can subscribe to the Well-Endowed Podcast everywhere podcasts can be found or visit thewellendowedpodcast.com. So this is kind of a different question, but seeing as your form of dance is important for like transmission, even cultural transmission, I know there's a lot of, you know, idiosyncrasies that come along that show culture and values but how do you feel about people who aren't from your background from your culture 
watching or learning your style of dance? Um, I think it's great. Like, people, people who are actively striving to like learn the culture and learn the dance and, and do it in a way that's respectful towards the culture, that's fantastic. Like I'm all for people appreciating mm-hmm. other cultures and learning from other cultures. Cause I think that like brings us like as humans, like that's the whole point. We're supposed to share our cultures and we're supposed to um, appreciate one another's cultures. Yeah. Um, so when that happens, like that's great. And there's so many beautiful dancers like from Russia, from China who are learning Bharatanatyam mm-hmm. dance and have been training for years and years. And they're incredible. They're performing at such a high level, and like they're teaching, and like they're doing exactly what people would do in India, but they're doing it in Russia and in China. And mm-hmm. I think that's incredible. Um, but then there's also, and I go, I know where you're going with that question, mm-hmm. where it's like people learn maybe like taking one or two classes, and then you know st- starting to teach or like transmit that dance in a completely different way than what's intended. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in those cases, it's like, it's not so much appreciation as it is appropriation yeah. where you're, you're kind of taking on this culture and you, you feel like you have an understanding, but you probably don't have a good understanding after maybe like be only exposed to it one or two times yeah. and then trying to take it on as your own. Maybe isn't necessarily the best way to go about, um, appreciating a culture because it's not really appreciating yeah. it you're really appreciating a very shallow aspect of what you believe to yeah. be the culture exactly mm-hmm. so i think the same thing kind of exists in powwow dancing um you know where there's there's kind of a line that needs to be drawn um for powwow dancing i don't teach um i don't feel like it's my place because um i feel like i'm still such a learner and such a beginner and it's more of like a lifelong thing for me and another reason too is, um, although powwow, like my my mentors in powwow say, powwow is for everyone, you know, don't be insecure based on how you look or where you come from. Like you can dance powwow, but you have to have the right intention and you have to do it the right way. And you have to listen to your leaders and you have to listen to the elders. And no one from my community has said, we want you to do this yet. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like, there's that sort of growth that you need to go through. But um, in terms of appropriation and people learning to do powwow, I know people who aren't indigenous who dance and who've come to classes. Like we have powwow classes at, um, it's just like an after school thing at the university who've come and they really wanna learn and they love it and they love the drumming and they love the music and the singing and they've put the time and effort in. But the same thing happens kind of on the other side of the world. And that's kind of a contentious issue because no one, it's appropriation, but no one knows how to regulate it. So I don't know if you've heard of this, but in places, in countries like Germany and Czech, there's a huge powwow community. Mm-hmm. It's They call themselves appreciators of like Native American culture, mm-hmm. and they host powwows, and they take our outfits, mm-hmm. and they make imitations of their outfits. They order from our suppliers, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And some of these, and they have big powwows, and they, they drum, and they sing. But none of it comes with that cultural transmission. Like they haven't been taught from an elder or from mm-hmm. someone else in the community. So as much as it may look like a powwow and people may say, we're just appreciating your culture. I think there's something inherently wrong when it doesn't come from that place. Like mm-hmm. with cultural intentions and the way to you know, perpetuate your own culture and help it to thrive. 
and that's just kind of why I asked because you know you never know who's who's using your dance steps and who's using your outfits mm-hmm. so I guess like is a difference for you um, in the intention of the dancer or like how they were taught like what 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 is the difference for you between appreciation and appropriation it's a really I think it's um, I think everyone who dances Powell this is might just me being like having too good of an idea of people everyone that I've ever known who's talked about powwow has the right intention like mm-hmm. they want to do it but it's just not powwow if you haven't learned it from I guess the right people if you haven't learned it from the powwow circle if you haven't learned it from the heart of you know grand entry is the ceremony that happens in powwow it's the only ceremonial part and if you haven't if you can't understand that and haven't been given the teachings then it's not truly powwow so it's almost like it's you're appropriating the way that we dance and our outfits just because you you like it it just it doesn't mean that it has that cultural aspect and it's really hard for me to sort of get my my brain around it and i've thought about it you know for a long time like how do i articulate how i feel about it because i do know some people who are who grapple with it too they're like we feel like it's wrong but we don't necessarily know why but I think it a lot of powwow comes from the location, right? So a lot of um, dancing has to do with the place we're at, the community we're in. We dance on the earth for a reason. We dance in a circle for a reason. So um, because the dances originated here, I mean, that might not necessarily be true too because we borrow dances from all over Turtle Island, right? Mm-hmm. But I just feel like when it's when it comes out of Germany or when it comes out of Czech and they haven't been it hasn't been given to them. They haven't had their medicine dream, for example. It's mm-hmm. just not the same. Mm-hmm. But but I'm really I'm really happy that you brought up that there are professionals like with your dance style who are mm-hmm. amazing and have done it the right way and you appreciate mm-hmm. because it's easy to get, I think, um, bitter about it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like from my sure. perspective it's easy to feel bitter. Yeah. So it's nice to hear that there's actually like appreciation without appropriation that goes on yeah right I agree so. I agree um I think like an example of like in recent times of appropriation that I've seen in mm-hmm. terms of like um Bharatanatyam dance is for example like Coldplay released a song like last year I think it's called Him for the Weekend mm-hmm. um where it was great song I mean I love Coldplay went to mm-hmm. the concert they're amazing love them and Beyonce was also featured in this song. Also, love Beyonce. But, I mean, there's this video. It showed, um, they shot it in India. They had a bunch of shots of different scenes in India. Um, and they they had, they were showing Indian people. But the, the issue I had with this video was that they were, they were showing all of, like, the Indian um, dance costumes and jewelry. And they and Beyonce was wearing this jewelry and she was all decked out in this Indian costume and she had um, a chutti on, which is this like little piece of jewelry that goes on your forehead. Um, and I, I can't remember if she was wearing a bindi. I don't know if she was or not. I have to look it up again. Um, but she was wearing the jewelry and she was all decked out. Uh, and they also had a Indian actress who you know is, is a popular Indian actress and. I was so excited to watch this video because I was like, oh, this like Indian actress is going to be like featured and like this is the first time that she's going to get like 
exposure in the Western world, and she's gonna like dance and like show Bharatanatyam dance to the world. It's gonna be awesome. And I watched this video, and the Indian actress Sonam Kapoor gets a 0.5 second shot in this music video. It's like a sliver of her face, and it cuts to Beyonce wearing all of this jewelry and um, like appropriating Indian culture and like basically using Indian culture to um, highlight Beyonce rather than using that uh, Indian jewelry to highlight Indian culture and um, Indian tradition and dance. Mm -hmm. So it ended up being, it, it was, it could have been like such a different story, but they ended up just using it just to like highlight themselves rather than highlight the location of where they're shooting mm -hmm. and the culture that they're shooting in. Yeah. Um, so in, in that specific scenario, I was a little disappointed with just the way things turned out because it could have been a really beautiful way to showcase um, Bradnardium dance mm -hmm. and like the location it was in, but it wasn't used that way. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by the Alberta Podcast Network, family to tons of Alberta-made podcasts. Listeners of this show might also enjoy Let's Find Out, a podcast hosted by Chris Cheng Yen Phillips who takes curious questions from Edmontonians and finds an answer with them each episode. On February 9th, Chris is hosting a live taping of the show at the Almanac on White Avenue at 2pm, discussing how we interact with nature to shape our city. To learn more or check out the show's episodes, visit letsfindoutpodcast.com. So, um, my question is, um, you mentioned outfits, right? And how... I'm guessing that that's an important part of, of dance and I know that outfits are often appropriated too so it's kind of a nice segue but um, I was wondering if um, do outfits from your dance style ever get appropriated by say the western world or is there any been any instances where you've like seen something from your dance being represented in a totally different way or in even a disrespectful or harmful way? Oh absolutely I think in uh, a lot of music videos that are produced, they'll use um, Bradnatim costumes in a way that totally disrespects the way that they're intended to be. Mm -hmm. um, because, yeah, the way they're intended to be, it's like the whole process of like getting ready and the jewelry, the costumes and makeup, it's so, um, it's sacred to that style of mm -hmm. dance that e e there's so much thought put into each piece. So when, when all of that is removed and you're just taking this costume away from the context it came in and then using it, let's say, for example, in a music video, and then it just, in, in that music video, you're like sexualizing the costume and like just like take, removing it from its context, sexualizing it, and then just putting it into this video for the sake of like aesthetics. It, it just, it destroys the whole culture that it came from. Mm -hmm. And there's like, there's a bunch of music videos that have done this. And I don't mean to like pick on like certain ones, mm -hmm. um, but there's that song Lean On that was released. Mm -hmm. um, and that, in that music video, they used um, Indian dance costumes, specifically in the state of Kerala where I'm from. Um, but they used costumes from there and they had just a bunch of non-trained dancers wearing these costumes and just dancing to random steps mm -hmm. in these costumes and it was just it was really jarring to me because I was like it's so out of place like it's so out of place from where it should be and where it could be highlighting like really amazing dancers and there's so many amazing dancers that exist um in North America and India that are trained in this style of dance 
they chose to use random dancers completely change out the costume to suit what they wanted for the style of their video um and then just produce a song out of it to make money and it's just it was a total I don't know it was a total slap in the face to like people who had trained um for years and gave importance to that certain Mm -hmm. costume too yeah um I can relate to that you know somewhat when you mentioned the the sacredness of even the way you get ready and outfits and things like that. Um, something that's really common, I guess, now in the media and more, and that I hear about is, you know, using headdresses that, mm-hmm. that are a part of um, powwow dancing. So um, people in the golden age category who wear headdresses and maybe the buckskin or men's traditional dance, um, eagle feathers are, are sacred, right? They're also a sacred part of, of our culture and our dancing. And when people you know, take those, it, it, it has an element of like destroying, like you said, um, essentially the culture that it comes from, like it takes away from that. And I definitely see that as a part of, as um, appropriation that is prevalent, I guess, in the culture here. So something that's been really empowering in the last, um, I'd say few years that I've been listening to, I don't know, have you heard of a tribe called Red? No. So they're, um, they produce a lot of like dance music and more like a like techno kind of style. I don't know techno. Don't don't use that. So a tribe, <laughs> a tribe called Red uses is like a dance style of music that's modern, but the whole I guess band they're all indigenous, and so they use a lot of indigenous music that comes from powwow, mm-hmm. and in their music videos and in their live shows they use powwow dancers, and um, one powwow dancer, um, Angela Gladue, who dances with them like when I went and saw their concert in Edmonton it's literally the most empowered I've ever felt in my entire life was to hear music that comes from my culture which was like powwow style music Mm -hmm. made into this like modern form because culture does grow and transform and Mm -hmm. that's something that some people forget is like culture is not stagnant so it's really nice to see this sort of modern music that was super fun and everyone was just jamming to and then to see her and her powwow outfit and her jingle dress outfit doing a sidestep, which is like a really important, sacred, old style that's mm-hmm. like super prayerful. That is a really challenging style of dance too. It's like one of the hardest for endurance because you dance for this whole song and your mm-hmm. feet are like, it, it's hard to explain. Mm-hmm. But um, to see her on stage dancing was like one of the best moments of my life, doing that sort of sidestep in her outfit to our music just in a space full of indigenous people and non-indigenous people who were all like loving our music I felt like that's a really good way to like represent and to appreciate our own culture and to share it Mm -hmm. you know so um I was just wondering if there's any like what your favorite representations of your dance style are favorite representations do you mean like like at a festival I don't know where you're getting like what um are there any like, uh, like we were talking say about like music videos? Yeah. Um, are there any like maybe music videos or bands that like have used your style of dance in an actual like appreciative way, mm-hmm. or is it all just been like bad and <laughs> appropriative? Um, I was actually just at this event yesterday <laughs> where it was uh it was intended it's it was kind of like a clubbing event but it was intended to be like a. I, I hesitate to say the word fusion. I really don't mm-hmm. like the word fusion. I feel like cultures should try to retain what they have and share it with others, but not not blend it yeah. so much because you lose culture when you start blending. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but it was, it was, I'll say meetup instead of fusion. It was a meetup of different cultures. So it was Afro-Latin, um, there was Bollywood, there was trap. So it was different cultures coming together uh, to share their individual dances. And it was beautiful. I had not, I have never been to um, an event like that where everyone who came was of a dance background. So everyone knew their specific dances and were just there to have a good time and share their culture, share their dance with people. And it was such a positive experience. Mm-hmm. Like it, it wasn't like a competitive experience at all. It was very much like everyone sharing their dances, appreciating it for what it was. And we were teaching each other the different dance styles. And it was just such a good time. It was, that was, I, I felt like my dance was being appreciated. I was learning from someone else mm-hmm. and yeah. It was a fantastic event, but that was like one of the times in my life where I've been like comfortable enough to share, to share my dance without being, without having that feeling of awkwardness or like feeling like, oh, these people probably think that I'm like weird or this is like a weird way of dancing. Like it, it, I didn't have that feeling of awkwardness Mm -hmm. like I would usually do in a situation like this. It was just a feeling of like total acceptance because it was like mutual, yeah. right? Um, so that was, yeah, that was probably a really good experience that comes to mind. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah. And um, it was, what kind of stuck with me was that, you know, the different types of dances you could like watch and learn and like, you know, really appreciate that way. Because I feel like sometimes, at least personally, when I'm doing say like a performance and there's like a stagnant group of people who are just kind of sitting there like maybe people not from my culture yeah and then we're on stage it's almost like there's like maybe even like a bit of a judgment that happens right like they have to base their entire opinion about your culture like my culture their entire opinion about that style of dance just on me solely and it's Mm -hmm. almost like there's like a pressure to be like i gotta represent indigenous people like Mm -hmm. as a whole and i am only from one nation from like this huge area like I have to represent us almost in this like perfect way and like show how like deep and spiritual and cultural we are when really it's just like we're dancing you know this is like something that we do for us and for you like I I sometimes feel like that in performances that Mm -hmm. it's like it's like a one-way thing whereas the event that you were at yesterday it almost seemed like a like mutual yeah which I really yeah Yeah, exactly sounds amazing Yeah, I think eventually, like, I would like to see um, the dance community, especially in Edmonton, get to a point where, like, all styles of dance are treated equally. Because right now, like, a lot of times I feel that it's, like, like, certain types of dance are kind of, like, held up onto this pedestal where they're, like, mainstream dance. So, like, for example, like, ballet, hip-hop, jazz, contemporary, these types of dances have, like... They're very mainstream, and if you mm-hmm. talk to anybody and you mention those, like they, obviously they know what you're talking about, yeah. and they can, they have some sort of idea of what you do, and they don't associate it to a culture that you're from. It's yeah. just you do hip hop, and like that's that's it. Um, whereas, like if you if you say that you do like Irish dancing, or you do like jigging, or you do Bharatanatyam, or you do like any other dance form, those like automatically all these assumptions about your culture that yeah. are associated with it too um and I think it would be really cool to like have dance festivals where you have just like 
dances just being shown for what they are mm-hmm. without the cultural significance yeah like being tagged onto it because a lot of times like a lot of the festivals that i've participated in you kind of get lumped into this um what do you call it it's like it's usually turned as like ethnic category yeah. or like world dance or mm-hmm. like some, some like random category yeah. which is fair because like it's it's hard to lump a bunch of different cultures into a category but that's and that's usually what gets done but it would be nice to just like go to a dance festival and like have have each dance like at the same playing field Mm -hmm. at the same level and people just appreciate it for what it is without having it being seen as like oh like that's like an ethnic dance Mm -hmm. they did so good for it being an ethnic dance it's like and it just like it takes away from like the training and the time that like dancers put into their respective mm-hmm. um, dance form. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like ho- like I hopefully like one day in the future that'll happen. That's that would be amazing. That's like my dream, but yeah. not yet. And we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I really feel that too because even with like say powwow dancing, it often just gets lumped like powwow even though there's like multiple styles that are so distinct that they they almost look like they're not even related well of course they're related but you know they're so distinct the technique is so different the story is so different that they're not just like it would be nice if those even could be seen as like unique and and their own style instead of just powwow or even like native dancing you know i feel like that's the thing that gets lumped to or almost like countryfied like this is canadian like native dancing when it's like Mm -hmm. we have so many styles of dance and so many nations Mm -hmm. and i kind of wish that could be seen and understood but i think that just goes along too with the general ignorance about indigenous people that exists in the country like people don't even know what i'll just talk about metis because that's a part of my culture like Mm -hmm. i'm korea and metis and um people don't even understand what metis means and what metis nationhood is and so mm-hmm. they can't understand what jigging is yeah and so it kind of because there's so much ignorance and just a general lack of education i think in canada for the most part um the sad thing becomes that jigging is kind of just something that only metis people do mm-hmm. i i love to share jigging and perform like when i get to go to schools when it's just like all different people from all different backgrounds ethnicity mm-hmm. nationhoods I love that because I love people being able to enjoy and share it but then there becomes that little bit of question like like what is this what are you where are you from when it's like you kind of get to avoid that and just enjoy it in peace and without pressure or any sort of politicalness Mm -hmm. around it Mm -hmm. um, when you're just with your community and as much as it's lovely and empowering to be with your community it can be just as lovely and empowering to be outside but it just it's sometimes difficult that's a very beautiful vision I think to have not beautiful just because it's a <laughs> vision, but because it's something that I can honestly really like hope for happening also mm-hmm. thank you for listening the theme music for otherwise is made by Kaz Mega special thank you to Jacqueline and Samantha for being a part of this episode thank you to our partners Ribbon Rouge Foundation Confident Camel Breath and Poetry and Generation Shift our show is generously supported by the Edmonton Heritage Council Otherwise, is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. To learn more about our show, visit otherwiseshow.com or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at otherwise underscore show to stay in touch. If you like our show, please share a review on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, 
or wherever you get your podcasts. Rating is a surefire way to get us heard. Keep in mind, how we share our stories is as important as who shares them.